If you run an e-commerce business, you can relate to the amount of work it takes to produce something great. And of course, you want to optimize your workflow and reduce costs. That's why I want to say a big thank you to our partner, ShipStation, and perhaps introduce you to them as well. If you are not familiar with ShipStation, they've been supporting Cytosol School for years. They have helped so many of our listeners make things much easier, automate their shipping tasks, help them scale their business, and also, this is not a small thing, save thousands on shipping with industry-leading carrier discounts. ShipStation is the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code HUSTLE to sign up for your free 60-day trial. 60 days free. ShipStation.com. Code HUSTLE. In a small town named Coloma, California, approximately 132 miles from where we're gathered today, Something happened in 1848 that changed history. James W. Marshall, a carpenter and sawmill operator, reported the finding of gold on the American River. Even with the dial-up internet that everyone used back then, word traveled fast. Over the next four years, up to 300,000 people came west in search of gold. The majority of them arrived in 1849 and were known as 49ers. Now, you're probably not surprised to hear that most of these prospectors didn't strike it rich, but some did. And the people who struck it rich fit into one of three groups. The people in the first group were lucky. They found themselves in the right place at the right time. To be clear, they still had to take some kind of action. Even though the odds of winning the lottery are very low, you can't win at all without buying a ticket. So they did something. The second group that saw good results overall was the 48ers, who arrived ahead of the masses that followed. When they heard about the gold rush, they didn't hesitate. They didn't wait for proof. They speculated. And at least for many of them, their boldness paid off. Even ordinary prospectors could earn 10 to 15 times the daily wage of a laborer on the East Coast. A person could work for six months and save the equivalent of six years' wages back home. Then, of course, the 49ers arrived in droves, and the easy money was mostly panned out. Some succeeded, but many failed. A lot of gold had already been uncovered. Conflict increased with so many new arrivals. And in a story that repeats itself throughout history, advancements in technology put a lot of solo prospectors out of business. So the first group was lucky. The second group was eager. Who was the third group? The third group was the people who supplied the miners. Some would say that the smartest people in this whole scenario were the ones who sold shovels. Because you may or may not strike gold, but if someone is in desperate need, like an aspiring prospector just arrived in town, you can help them out and earn a profit. In some cases, these far-sighted entrepreneurs took over ships that were abandoned in the San Francisco harbor when their crews deserted to become prospectors. They turned the ships into hotels, taverns, stores, and even a jail. In other cases, they went on to become barons of Northern California. In fact, the wealthiest man in California during this time was named Samuel Brennan. He was a shopkeeper and newspaper publisher. Brennan opened the first supply stores in Sacramento, Coloma, and other spots in the gold fields. And according to Wikipedia, just as the rush began, he purchased all the prospecting supplies available in San Francisco, reselling them at a substantial profit. So it seems there are a few lessons. Number one, be lucky. Number two, be first. In both cases, nice work if you can get it. But if you don't want to rely on luck, and you don't want to wait for the next gold rush, choose the third option. Find a way to profit regardless of circumstances beyond your control. Ask yourself, what is the modern adaptation of the merchants of 1850? How can I improve my circumstances no matter what else is happening in the world? Welcome to a celebration of bold ideas. This event is brought to you in partnership with Folgers and their launch of a new brand called 1850. My name is Chris Gillibo. I'm the host of Side Hustle School, and we are live today in San Francisco with a number of special guests. 
In a moment, I'm going to introduce you to three finalists in a competition of bold ideas. You're going to hear from them directly about their bold idea. But first, I'm going to bring you the first ever interview on Side Hustle School, more than 650 episodes. We have never done an interview before. That is by design, because the whole focus of the show is to teach you valuable material through stories. But I am excited today to sit down with Alexis Ohanian, who is the co-founder and executive chairman of Reddit, in addition to lots of other stuff, including being the ambassador for the 1850 brand of coffee. Let's go now to that conversation. Alexis Ohanian, he is the co-founder of Reddit, in addition to numerous other projects. Um, The last I heard, I thought Reddit was the fourth most visited website in the U.S., but I've been corrected. It is apparently now the third. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah, well done. Uh, He's also been an online and offline activist, speaking out for net neutrality and an open internet. In fact, Forbes called him the mayor of the internet, Mr. Mayor. Mm. Thank you for joining us here today. My pleasure. When is the election? Yeah, as a fun fact, also... I did not know this, but you designed the logo for Reddit. Yeah. Is that correct? And also several other projects that you've done, including Hipmunk, Mm -hmm. which is uh, one of my favorite travel apps. Oh, thank you. Awesome. A whole bunch of other stuff. And then last but not least, and I'll let you add to this, Mm -hmm. um, I think you have the cutest baby on the internet. So you win that award as well. Olympia is the best. (laughs) Thank you. And I can only take half credit for designing her. That's true. But, uh, and, and, but that's and a lot. The real, I mean, let, let's be honest, the real <laughs> awesomeness came from my other half, but that's that's all right. I'm happy to share. Is, uh, is she going to have more uh, followers than you pretty soon? Olympia already does. Yeah. Okay. She lapped me on the okay. gram. How about that? Like a couple of months ago, and wow. it was humbling. But, you know, every parent hopes their kid does better than them. Right. So I'm happy. I just didn't think it would happen so fast. Right. And in that but, format. But yeah. yeah. So be it. Awesome. Happy for her. So, She's uh, really nice about it. She doesn't lord it over me. Okay, not yet. Very not yet anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> so what, what brings you here today? Like we're here doing a, a little event in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about bold ideas. Oh, yeah. Which I love that theme. Uh, what, what led you to be part of this? Well, so 1850 had, uh, they had taken notice of the fact that I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I love coffee. And proposed an idea to not only work with me to create a brand of coffee, really geared towards these like bold pioneers, these entrepreneurs, these, I mean, folks like me who also just love and need coffee to get through uh, our days uh, of working and, uh, and then give an opportunity to kind of pay it forward and surface some of the best and boldest ideas from all over. Mm. Let anyone apply and, uh, and get the chance to have the best three that were chosen, get one-on-one mentorship uh, with me here in San Francisco but then have uh, one lucky person actually get an eighteen thousand five hundred dollar mm-hmm. check. Uh, no strings attached. Yep. But the amount is is relevant because when we founded Reddit, the the check I was given was for twelve thousand dollars. Okay. And I actually won't tell you how much equity I had to give up for that, but it was quite a bit. Uh, I didn't regret it. That is a real sum of money. I think. You can get caught up with some of the headlines uh, that venture capitalists uh, are investing in companies and, and guilty as charged. I am now a sure. full-time VC, but it can start from humble beginnings. Mm. And uh, and we certainly didn't expect Reddit to be the third largest site in the U.S. one day. We just wanted to not have real jobs. Mm-hmm. That was Right, the right. That's the motivation. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk about bold ideas. What was the one-sentence bold idea about Reddit? That users could determine the most interesting news and and sort of conversations of the day. Believe me, in 2005, that was that was bold. That was a bold idea. That was bold. Right. I, I think these days we look at user-generated content and kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, we got got 12-year-olds taking selfies. 
But uh, back then, it was pretty bold. And there were, there were a lot of folks who were really convinced no one would spend that much time online creating content, discussing content, or voting on content for free. Mm. But they were wrong. So take that. Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there, there is such a thing as bad ideas, right? Sure. And how do you know the difference between a bold idea and a brash idea mm. or a bold idea and one that's, it might be bold, but it's a pretty bad idea. Yeah. It's actually pretty rare that I see a genuinely bad idea. Like I, mm. I think, I mean, I'm trying to like the, the sort of obviously, the only obviously bad ideas I can think of are the ones that like endanger humans or are like obviously not sustainable because there's not any revenue generator, not nearly enough, or the or the market is so ridiculously small that like, what's the cliche about you can sell ice to an ice, Eskimo ice, or something? Ice, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Like most of the ideas that are genuinely bad are are pretty clearly bad, and the hard part is there's a lot that kind of look bad, but aren't necessarily bad, and it's tricky because I think for an idea to really be bold, for an idea to really be be able to have a, a massive impact on the world it has to sound a little bad to someone or even to a lot of people I, I there were a lot of a lot of journalists i spoke to back then um who who i think just outright dismissed social media because they had just assumed that the only people who could create content that that people might be interested in would have to be trained journalists mm -hmm. And, and we live in a world now where, right, like a 12-year-old with a smartphone can take a photo of a kitty that gets more views than a very well-researched and important article. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's really important that people read those important articles, but I think it's also equally important to realize that as humans, sometimes we just want to see a kitty photo. What do you say to someone when, like, let's take the adjectives good and bad out of it. Mm -hmm. What do you say to someone, they have an idea that they think has, has great merit, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, you don't think it does. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you handle that? So keeping in mind the criteria we're looking for are very different than what would say make a great side hustle because the way our business model works is we're, we were the, often the first investors with a meaningful stake of the company that we're going to work with for a decade uh, with the assumption and the hope that it becomes a multi-billion dollar business. And she's probably thought through the market. So even the market discussion is a debatable one. But then it's another one about the product itself and and what have they built or or what indications do we have that they're capable of building something that is 10x better than whatever else exists today. It's like we're sitting in these chairs. I'm presuming, Chris, you're not all, you're not an expert on chair making. Not so much. Neither am I. So none of us are expert at chair making. But someone who's made a chair for the last decade could could very quickly look at this chair and be like, all right, here's what's good about it. Here's what's bad. Here's mm -hmm. what they did right. Here's where they cut corners. And so we think of ourselves as those chair makers. And so we can dig in specifically about things on product and try to give very specific advice and say, okay. And we want to be known for our rejection. And so I guess my advice would be, I think it's an awesome service for you to be spending, I mean, time trying to help folks diagnose and understand is I don't know, to be be as, as specific and hopefully as actionable as possible and then knowing what their overall goals are, just give them the best advice you can. Sure. So you actually mentioned side hustles a second ago. Mm -hmm. um, just thinking about a lot of our listeners, they don't have access to that panel of experts, to a lot of money. They have limited time, but they believe very much in the value of having a second income, whatever their motivation is. What is your advice to them? Like, what would you leave for them? Well, because of the internet, 
a lot of these hobbies, things that are just personally satisfying because they're really what you love doing, can actually make money. So even at a minimum, if you can be doing this side hustle and genuinely loving what you are doing outside of your nine to five, that already is a win. But if you're if you're coming from the place of, I want to have a thing that gives me joy and satisfaction, really obsess over those first two things. And that is, you know, gaining expertise and then and then a byproduct of that and publishing that expertise is the following. And then the the third part will, I think, start to present itself in really interesting ways. Alexis, I really appreciate your time. Maybe sure. one last question. Yeah, what, ask is, me what is your uh, what is your new bold idea? What's your latest bold idea? I it's it's what Gary and I are doing with Initialized. Um, we want to be truly a, a founder service platform, and what I mean by that is the kinds of investors that we wish we had had when we were starting our companies, and that means building a team of really great partners who are all operators to help with anything you might need in an early stage business, and then turn them all into cyborgs using software because we can't unsee this stuff. We're product people first and foremost. And I want us to be able to help our partners, but then also our our founders and then help those founders help themselves using software that we're building for these communities. Excellent. Alexis Mahanian, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it was a big honor for me to sit down with Alexis. I've been a fan of his for a long time. We actually got to hang out for much of the day talking about podcasting and the World Domination Summit. Uh, He's coming next year. I'm excited about that. And whether it's confusing to have an Amazon Echo device at home, since that device is named Alexa, and both he and his daughter are named Alexis. Next up, we have that promised group conversation. There were a lot of people who submitted proposals in a contest produced by the 1850 brand, and I was able to talk with the three finalists one of whom was already in the Bay Area, and the other two who traveled in from Washington, D.C. and New York City. Now, each of these finalists has a bold idea that they are seeking support for. So without further ado, let's hear from them. Here with me, since our listeners can't see, I've got Alice, Soraya, Wynn Cooney, and Jordan. And Wynn Cooney and Jordan are part of a team. Alice and Soraya are on their own. So um, can I start with you, Alice? Tell us a little bit about your bold idea and where it came from. Yeah, so hi, I'm Alice Kittrell. I am the co-founder and CEO of Outgift. We are a retail tech startup focused on changing the way people give gifts. So our platform connects users with each other and enables them to discover the products that their loved ones truly want. Um, We couple that with a very curated product portfolio in order to build very customized gift lists for each unique individual. Awesome, and this is called Outgift. Outgift. Why did you start it? So I started it, I had a lifelong dream of building a company that I could really be proud of. So I've always had that entrepreneurial bug. But I personally started it because growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And so we couldn't afford to celebrate special moments like birthdays and holidays. But throughout the year, I'd save up pocket money from working in our Chinese takeout restaurant. So my sister and brother would have gifts to open on Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it was really important to me that I showed them how much I cared about them. And seeing the joy on their face um, on Christmas morning is one of my fondest childhood memories. That's awesome. So I'll now turn to the, the power team duo of uh, Wynn Cooney and Jordan. So tell us a little bit about your bold idea and how it came to be. Right. Again, I'm Jordan Wilson. I'm here with my co-partner, Wynn Cooney Siant. We've created through politicking a social and educational platform for voters to engage with candidates. Candidates have the opportunity to 
sort of sell themselves to you through political ads or through more public and traditional spaces like rallies or forums. But have you ever been to a political rally? I don't think I've been to too many of them. Okay. No. Um, I'm going to have an app soon that will allow me to engage with candidates. <laughs> of course. And my point is that most people have not. But you have a phone, you have Twitter, Instagram, and you'll have politicking once our app is out as the tool that you need to actually make an informed decision when you go to the polls. That's fantastic. And why did you why did you start it? This is when Cooney here. <laughs> Two years ago, a 24-year-old woman that was, you know, pretty lost and confused about the p- political process walked into a polling precinct and realized that although she was traditionally educated, she knew little to nothing about the political dialogue in this country. And, and that that young woman was myself. And I was deeply saddened by the fact that although I had done so much uh, in my life to prepare to be a constructive citizen, I still felt that I was failing in my civic duty. And so many of us fail in our civic duties because we're not educated and informed about the political process. And we're really trying to help people to understand how they can engage in the political process, especially those constituents that have been historically disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And now, Soraya, tell us about your bold idea. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarai Fulati. I'm the founder and CEO of JARA. We're scaling quality education to children all over the world in areas like refugee camps and post-disaster zones. And we're doing this through a personal education device we're building so they can learn anywhere, anytime, despite their circumstances. One in two children on this planet are living in poverty, which decreases their chance at ever accessing a quality education. And 264 million children are out of school. So we're here to do everything in our power to help them become engineers, the best farmers around, the artists, anyone they want to be. And we're here to help them do that. Awesome. And you do that through um, a device, right? Yes. You're actually holding your device. So, (laughs) So our listeners can't see it. Can you describe it a little bit for us? Yeah, definitely. So the device has a screen on it. It's not a touch screen. It's actually a screen controlled by push buttons. It looks kind of like a rectangle and charges using crank power and solar power so that the child does not need access to electricity on the ground. Excellent. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Game Boy to me. And I say yeah, that totally. as a compliment. I mean, I, yeah. I grew up playing Game Boy, so yeah, that's too, good. but too. mine was never solar powered. So <laughs> you have made a, you've made quite an improvement. So what strikes me about all of these projects is um, you're all very passionate about them. It has this missional element to it. Um, it's, it's obviously more than just a side hustle. It's something you really, really, you know, want to, to go all in with. If you could accomplish one thing with your project, what would it be? Ideally, I would like to see every single American in this country voting. Every American should be registered to vote and every American actually going out to the polls to vote. I think that's the overarching aim of politicking. Amazing. That's a bold idea. Soraya? So the one thing that you know my dream is, is for every single child, no matter what situation they're born into or situation they fall into, they do get a chance at success and we've determined the best way to leverage that is by giving them access to a quality education. Fantastic. And Alice? So my goal for Outgift is to become a household name. So one in every 10 retail dollars now is spent by someone purchasing a gift for somebody else. And most people have at one point or another had trouble finding someone the perfect gift or they get really frustrated with the process, but there's nowhere that they can turn that isn't just plain Googling random keywords. So I want people to turn to Outgift for that and use mm-hmm. our platform in order to connect with other people. Right. Yeah. You were telling me earlier that the, the problem you're trying to solve is that uh, indecisiveness or the lack of searchability 
for gift yeah. ideas. Uh, yeah. Which I've and we want to eliminate yeah. the stress and obligation that gift giving is too commonly associated with. Mm-hmm. It should really be an enjoyable experience for both parties. Mm-hmm. You're all competing for this prize of $18,500. Now, I think only one of you can win the prize, right? Now, you, you've all come very far, like you've beaten everybody else who, who entered. But uh, let's say you don't win the prize. What happens next? Jordan? We don't win the prize. We'll absolutely stay committed to the calls for engaging every eligible American in a U.S. election. And ultimately, our platform starts with the idea to raise funds to be an up-and-running app by the November 2018 midterms. But that won't be the only time that politicking will be of use to America. So our goal is to stay on the project and stay on our goal to ultimately engage Americans in all elections. And we won't stop if we don't win. So if we don't win this, thing number one I'll do is very much support everyone who's part of this. It's been such a pleasure to get to know all of you. So um, 100% support is thing number one. Uh, Thing number two is when I was a teenager, I committed myself and this life I'm in to this mission I'm on. This is a life's work for me. This is just the beginning for us. And, you know, we're in it for this lifetime and beyond. Fantastic. Alice? I've put a lot of my eggs into this basket. I'm one of those people that has a notebook of all the ideas that I come up with. I research them, business plan them out, and try to figure out which one I'm the most passionate about or makes the most sense from a business perspective. And this is the one that shook out. And so I really want to see this through whether or not um, we win a competition. And again, I'd be super happy for any of these companies to win it. I just read a quote from Banksy, um, where he says, if you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. So I think Mm. it's really great for entrepreneurs everywhere who are doing like a side hustle is that we just have to learn to take a step back, but keep going forward. So wonderful conversation. We're going to solve the problem of gifts for everyone, what to buy. We're going to provide education to what half the world you said, and uh, every American is going to vote. So Sounds like some bold ideas. <laughs> um, I think you guys. I think you guys are, are wonderful, and, and um, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Thanks, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this unique conversation, this special episode format. We really are living in a remarkable time. It's a modern day gold rush out there. We all need good coffee to fuel our efforts. So I really enjoyed doing this event. Remember, you have three options to give you an edge: be lucky, be first, or be a merchant who can thrive in good times and bad. I know what my choice is. I'd like to thank the Folgers 1850 brand leaders and team for inviting me to be part of this launch event, senior producer AC Valdez for working with me on site, Alexis Ohanian, and the three finalists. If you're on the Cytosol School email list, this weekend when you get the weekly recap email, I'll also include links to each of their projects so that you can follow along. And if you're not on the list, you can join that for free at SideHustleSchool.com. Thank you as well for joining virtually. My name is Chris Gillibo, and our daily episodes will continue tomorrow. <laughs>